0: Hello, and welcome to Partially Redacted, a podcast where we discuss privacy and security engineering-related topics. I'm your host, Sean Faulkner, and today I'm joined by Averdeep Mandel, Senior Software Engineer at Skyflow, and we'll be talking about homomorphic encryption. Averdeep, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Sean. It's my pleasure to be here today.
0: Awesome. yeah. thanks for joining. I feel like it's uh, it's been some time since we've talked, so you know why not on a podcast? Um, we're going to take a deep dive into a popular but maybe not super well understood topic, homomorphic encryption. But before we get there, can you share a bit about your background, you know, work history, how you ended up where you are today?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I did my PhD in cryptography when, and I was really fortunate to start my PhD at the time when fully homomorphic encryption was the hot research topic. And uh, some of my work set in the early milestone in the current generation of homomorphic encryption research. And after my PhD, I worked as an engineer in Microsoft for some time. Then I moved to research and joined Fujitsu Lab as a researcher. Over there, I worked on a variety of topics, but primarily focusing as focusing on cryptography, security, blockchain, and quantum computing. And then I have been in, with Skyflow for about a year. So I work in the privacy-preserving encryption team. It's really exciting for me to see all the things that we invented as academic researchers, are they actually getting used in our product and making a de- difference?
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I think uh, whenever, you know, I was a former academic too. And I think one of the th- reasons I left academia was I felt like uh, it, the, the lead time from essentially some contribution I made in academics to yeah. actually being realized in a real application was too long and I wanted to get out there and actually build stuff that would impact people today. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. And you, you starting your, essentially your research in, Fully, fully homomorphic encryption, and now actually some is, seeing some of this technology like realized in the real world is probably really uh, satisfying for you. Yeah. So, What, what kind of, you, you mentioned um, your research at Fujitsu. Fiji, uh, what, what exactly were you, were you doing there?
1: Uh, so in Fujitsu, uh, uh, I've been working in many areas, so as in blockchain, one homomorphic encryption, as well as security. So we essentially, our idea was we were inventing new cryptographic scheme and secretive schemes and so that people can use it. And down the line, some of our engineers were actually implementing those.
0: Okay. So this was essentially the research arm of Fujitsu. Yes. And yeah. they were looking at like forward, uh, you know, future uh, types of technologies and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So You know, moving towards the topic at hand, homomorphic encryption. You know, I've often heard this described as the holy grail of encryption. So, why is that? And I guess, what is exactly homomorphic encryption, and how does it kind of work?
1: Yeah, so homomorphic encryption is any encryption scheme which allows homomorphic operations over the ciphertext. So, what it really means is it allows us to perform encrypted operations on the ciphertext without knowing the secret So if you give the secret your ciphertext to the server, server doesn't have the ability to decrypt it. Still it can do operations and you can it can give you back the encrypted result. And then you can decrypt the result and find what you want it to know.
0: In by in operation is do you mean essentially that I could take uh, let's say two encrypted numbers and add them together to get some sort of a new value?
1: Yeah, so when they're, they're basic operations, it's like that. So you can do additions and multiplications. But that's how the regular homomorphic encryption is. But when you talk about fully homomorphic encryption, what we mean that it should allow us to do any arbitrary operation. That means, suppose, uh, uh, given a file, we should be able to know whether the file matches, has your face or face on it or not. So these kind okay. of things, like any anything you should be able to do.
0: Yeah, so essentially any operation that we can perform on data today without encryption, we should be able to perform while under this
1: encryption scheme. Yes, exactly, and that's the promise of the, that's the, promise of the Holy Grail that fully the home of the encryption.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's like the, the promised land. So where did this uh, concept come from and what's sort of the history with it?
1: Yes, yeah, so it actually has a very long history. So like the kind of, the basic encryption scheme that we perform, which is like RSA, which was invented in 1977, right? And this is actually multiplicative homomorphic. That means you can do any number of multiplications on the ciphertext. And then you can do the decryption once you have the ciphertext. Uh, and that time people thought, okay, we can do any number of multiplications and why not? We can also do any number of additions, right? And once you can do multiplications, additions, that actually, any number of them, that's actually fully homomorphic. just with, with those two operations, you can do basically anything. And that's the point the people thought about that problem in the late 1970s. Uh, but then this problem was open for a long time. People simply couldn't do it. There are many hom- en- homomorphic encryption schemes which are partial, in the sense you can do either some li- some unlimited number of additions or unlimited number of multiplications. And there is also one scheme uh, which you are, in which you can do unlimited number of uh, additions and one multiplications. But they were nowhere near what we can call fully homomorphic encryption. And that was actually invented in 2010. And when Craig Gentry had kind of a real breakthrough, uh, he used uh, something called ideal lattices. And using that, he was able to build a partially homomorphic encryption scheme, which means it can support some limited number of additions and multiplications. And not only that, then he showed how you can kind of bootstrap that scheme. That means using that scheme, you can actually build a fully homomorphic encryption scheme that that can allow you unlimited number of multiplications and additions. So that's when the theory was meant, it, it, it was theoretically known that we can do home, fully homomorphic encryptions. And after that, down there has been 10 years of research. And from there, the things are much more practical compared to that time. Has anybody, so people
0: have implemented, I'm assuming, you know, partial homomorphic encryption schemes, but has anybody been able to implement a fully homomorphic encryption scheme even if it's not essentially performant?
1: Mm, yeah, so I think right now we have the libraries that you can use that to build fully homomorphic in- encryption schemes, but it just, it will be really, really slow if you just want to do arbitrary operations.
0: So why is it so slow?
1: So the main reason it is slow is how the fully homomorphic encryption works. So when you think about operations or regular operations, say we want to do some search, right? And so, over there, when you do the search, we are thinking about a like a Turing machine model, right? You can run some loops, so it's like a generic programming language, right? But mm-hmm. when it comes to homomorphic encryption, we need to convert that whole operation to a circuit, which means you don't have a Turing machine where you you, you can do a loop, you can do a, some breaks, those kind of things. Everything needs to be circuit in the sense that you can do everything in terms of additions and multiplications. And that causes a huge blow up in the size of the circuit, depending on what you can do. Especially, when you can think of like the edge cases where sometimes in a circuit, you, in, in a computation, you are stopping and sometimes you are not. Right? For example, your regular operation can be usually takes the one second, but there might be some edge cases that takes uh, one hour, even though that doesn't really happen often, right? But when you make it a circuit, it is always going to take one hour. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the huge impacts.
0: Did I understand this correctly, that essentially the process for supporting fully homomorphic encryption is that the operation that you want to perform ends up getting translated into a like sequence of additions and subtractions and that essentially, like, that's, you know, a limited set of things that you can do. So that is going to blow up, essentially, that depending on the complexity of the operation, the number of steps that you need to execute. And that's why
1: it's slow. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons. So so that's the mm-hmm. first reason is you're making a circuit. And the second reason is even after making, use, make, making it a circuit, the individual operations are really slow because now those operations are happening in an encrypted space where before it was just a, operation over one bit and now it is an operation over like megabytes of data
0: mm-hmm. so how does you know something like that compare to other forms of encryption that we're you know used to using like various like popular symmetric or asymmetric encryption schemes
1: I mean these are kind of uh, different notions right so when we talk about asymmetric and symmetric encryption schemes over there they don't really care about uh, performing operations over the encrypted ciphertext, right? or Over the ciphertext. Over there, only, our only goal is to make the encryption and make sure nobody can break the encryption and from the encrypted data, if you have the secret key, you can decrypt. And in the when we talk about uh, symmetric encryption scheme, we assume there is only one key and that key is used for both the encryption and decryption. And for asymmetric encryption scheme, you have one public key that you can use for encryption and the secret key is only for decryption. And mm-hmm. the same things can also happen in homomorphic encryption. So homomorphic encryption can also be either symmetric or asymmetric. In fact, the first scheme, the somewhat homomorphic encryption scheme that Craig Gentry proposed, it was actually symmetric. And then he showed how you can make it asymmetric. So there, you can think of that they are, they are happening in a separate kind of dimension. So homomorphic encryption scheme can also be symmetrical. I see,
0: yeah. And then are there any sort of real world applications of homomorphic encryption today?
1: Uh, yeah. The, so it all, all depends on what you want to do in the end with the homomorphic encryption. So I think today, the things are fast enough. So you can do some relatively simple stuff. For example, you want to do linear regression over the ciphertext. Or maybe some. you can even run some very simple neural network inference, such as, say, you want to detect some digits. Those things are, I think, possible today. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the main challenge is kind of figuring out what's the correct use case. And even in the correct use case, you are always going to have some performance penalty. And, that, uh, and you need to decide whether the security is worth that performance penalty or not.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, when it, even with other encryption schemes, you're going to add some sort of performance hit versus if you don't use encryption at all, because you're you're adding some sort of level of operations that are going to uh, take up CPU cycles, right?
1: Yeah, but I think those are, I think, regular encryption schemes when you don't care about homomorphic encryption, uh, like operational cybertext. I think now today, those are fast enough that. You don't right. really see it. They're almost hidden between be, behind say the network latency. Mm-hmm. But when you when you come to home of encryption, you are going to observe the real like some delay. And the question is is it okay or not?
0: Hey there, it's Sean, host of partially redacted. You probably guessed that since at this point in the interview, you probably recognize my voice. I've been told for years that I have a face for podcasting, but no one has mentioned whether I have a voice for podcasting, so sorry about that. Hopefully, the awesome guest makes up for it. Anyway, if you're enjoying this episode, please support the show by subscribing and telling your friends. You can also join partially adapted community at skyfly.com slash community. Okay, that's enough for me. Back to the show. In terms of the, you know, latest developments in this area, are there some recent breakthroughs to, in, in with Respect to homomorphic encryption, like research or actual uh, implementation.
1: Uh, Yeah, so there has been like some steady but very good progress over the last uh, ten years. So we can say that if the Craig Gentry's the first invention was like say the first generation, probably we are now in the fourth generation of homomorphic encryption schemes. Uh, so now I think if you just do a quick uh, Google search, probably you see more than fifteen or twenty home encryption libraries. They all kind of serve; they use either use different schemes or they kind of serve different purposes. But I think the most one that I am, the one that I'm most excited about is that is the library called HIN, like H E A N. So this is kind of. Uh, changes the ball game how people can use homomorphic encryption. So earlier, I think the before this, people the goal of homomorphic encryption or when you build a library, the goal was to build always to find out the exact result, right? So if you are adding some ciphertext, the final goal is if when you decrypt, you want to have the exact exact result. But mm-hmm. this library kind of changes that. So here we they don't want to really guarantee that final output would be exact. Because in many cases, that's not what you want, right? For example, if we want to decrypt an image, we don't care if the image decryption is the exact as long as the final result looks good enough, it matches the original one, we are, we are happy. So some small noise is actually okay in many cases. And this library actually uses that fact. So they perform approximate homomorphic. you can call it approximate homologic encryption, but that mm. The advantage is then it becomes many times faster if you could have done the one.
0: So how does that compare, like, from so I, I get this many times faster, but do you have an example of essentially, like, if you were to do this operation, let's say the image example, do that using one of the other encryption schemes that is looking for, like, the perfect match? You know, how many, how long would that take in terms of, like, seconds or minutes versus, this uh, you know other approach that uses approximate.
1: Yeah, so I don't have the exact number, but my kind of educated guess is probably it will be like about hundred times faster than doing the exact one. Okay, so
0: pretty significant. Yeah. And then, what are some of the like challenges or obstacles that need to be overcome in this area? You know, essentially, in order to get to a point where we can have fully homomorphic encryption at a level of performance that's you know similar to other forms of encryption that
1: we're used to using today? Uh, to be frank, I don't think that's going to happen in any time soon. Mm-hmm. That we'll always be hitting some amount of the penalty, performance penalty. But as with everything, maybe there will be a time when that penalty doesn't really matter, so maybe our homomorphic encryption is still, say, 100 times or 1,000 times slower than regular encryption. But still, it might be OK because the for the applications we are interested in, that amount of delay doesn't really matter.
0: So it could be more about like deploying it for specific types of use cases where the delay or whatever the delay is is less impactful than something like you're you know, currently loading a web page or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so maybe if you are loading a web page, you already have a network latency, right? So maybe it will be in the same order, so it doesn't really matter. And also, it also comes uh, about the security, like more of a when You want to use it in the case when you really care about security. And mm-hmm. maybe that there are scenarios where that performance penalty is okay.
0: Right. And then, you know, are there limitations of using? fully homomorphic encryption not just you know outside of the performance issues or is this essentially like the gold standard that the everybody's kind of moving towards at least when you're talking about um you know having the greatest security around the type of data that you're storing um so once we've achieved this can we essentially just be like great we we made it we can all go take a nap uh, we don't need to
1: continue <laughs> no. researching
0: the area yeah enough. no
1: i yeah, i don't think that's if i would be and then the main reason is homomorphic encryption doesn't promise you everything that you want. It's very specific to what it can do. And in many scenarios, you don't really need homomorphic encryption, right? For example, homomorphic encryption is applicable where the client or the actual user, they can manage their own key, right? So because the server, the basic promise is the server cannot do anything. So server is not allowed to have the secret and mm-hmm. client wants to hold the secret by themselves but in but in many scenario i think that's not the case right the regular people are not that interested in actually holding their secret key and they want to offload that to some trusted server so in those scenarios maybe it's not it might be the case it's not really we don't really need the homomorphic encryption mm-hmm. so it always depends on what is your security goal and for the specific scenario what you want to achieve
0: what do you see as the impact of homomorphic encryption on, say, the future of data privacy and security?
1: Yeah, so I personally think, actually, it might be a good thing that homomorphic encryption cannot do all operations and things are slow, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are scenarios. So right now, what happens once our, so our our data is stored in the server for any operation we need to give the server the uh, secret key, and the server can do potentially can do anything on, on, on that on our data. But with more homomorph- homomorphic encryption, what might happen that it will allow the server only to perform a limited set of operations, and that might be a good thing in terms of security and privacy because we don't want that to happen. So hmm. So, but I think realistically, we are still kind of far away from kind of uh, deciding on what can or cannot be done by the homomorphic encryption scheme. But uh, yeah. we can think of open research, and probably will solve some things.
0: So. Right, and and even if you had, uh, you know, performant fully homomorphic encryption, it doesn't necessarily solve all of your data privacy challenges. Like, you still need encryption key management. Uh, if you have to deal with things like. Uh, you know, right to be forgotten, deletion requests, you still need to be able to have a way to track down where all that data is. Um, uh, you know, just because it's encrypted doesn't mean the data isn't in a thousand different locations, for example. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then homework encryption is just another tool in your toolbox. And then it mm-hmm. depends on how people can use that tool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, what advice would you give to organizations or individuals that are considering, you know, investigating into using homomorphic encryption?
1: Uh, I think the main thing is to understand what are what the homomorphic encryption promises and what are the limitations at present, or what will be the limitations in the foreseeable future. And and once you can have that understanding, you can figure out. The scenarios where it is actually uh, useful, and you should use it, and there are scenarios where you cannot use it.
0: In in terms of the the research and breakthroughs that are going on in this area, are they primarily being driven by the industry, or is it still primarily from like academic uh, institutions, or maybe a combination? Yeah, so
1: I think now it's a good mixture of both. So there are academic institutions, academic researchers who are heavily involved, and as well as some um, uh, homework connection libraries are actually coming from industry. For example, Microsoft uh, it has the lab- library called SEAL, which is one of the uh, leading libraries. And I think other players such as IBM and is also important. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean- Besides homomorphic encryption, are there other future-looking privacy and security technologies that you're interested in or particularly excited about? Uh,
1: yeah. So besides homomorphic encryption, right now there are other forms of encryption which are called um, functional encryptions, and those are really interesting in, in for the cloud applications because what homomorphic encryption uh, guarantees you that only the key owner can know the final encrypted, the, the encrypted data, that can know the plain text or the data. However, the server cannot, it guarantees it cannot really know anything. But in many cases, we don't really want that to happen, right? For example, say I want to search my picture uh, from my photo storage. And mm-hmm. if it is a homomorphic encryption, there is no way for the server to know which photo is actually matched the my query. So it will just dump me the whole storage. But if it is a functional encryption, maybe it won't know what the photo is, but it can still detect the match and it can give me the correct photo. So I think that direction of research is really interesting and might be actually more impactful than homomorphic encryption.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what do you think about the work that's going on sort of in confidential computing and like secure enclaves where there it's it's not necessarily about having like an encryption scheme that can perform all these different types of operations over the fully encrypted data but essentially instead creating like a walled garden environment that's hardware based that where the operations happen within the secure environment but that's the only place that they can happen is within this you know essentially the secure enclave
1: yes i think they are really promising in terms of what you can do right away today so without waiting for homomorphic encryption or for fun- or functional encryption to be practical so they are of course not as secure as compared to the encryption scheme where the, the guarantee comes from some mathematical hardness so mm-hmm. here the guarantee comes from the security of the hardware but it's still a guarantee that say the hardware uh, manufacturer is uh, standing for and what it allows you to actually kind of flesh out your design in a secure secure way so that you can kind of make sure if something breaks, all the things will break inside the hardware container so you can always separate your thread vectors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really, uh, I mean, we probably need to do a show on that topic at some point, but it's an interesting area that I think is It seems to be like gaining a lot of momentum, or there's a lot of uh, excitement about it. For the libraries that you mentioned that exist for uh, that, implement these different fully homomorphic encryption uh, schemes, are these libraries like open source or freely available for people to
1: uh, try out? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. So, all these libraries that uh, people are developing, they're all, I think, if not all, most of them are uh, open source. So if uh, anybody wants, they can try and play around with these libraries. But using the libraries can take uh, some amount of ramp-up time because unlike regular encryption, homework encryption comes with many uh, parameters and you need to kind of uh, tune those to get the actual level of security and performance. But once you get a kind of a hang of it, It's not so different.
0: Yeah, great. Maybe uh, I'll I'll try to track some of those down or or you can put me in the right direction. I'll include some of those in the show notes. All right, Avideep, thanks so much for coming on and sharing uh, your your knowledge and uh, background regarding homomorphic encryption. I always enjoy uh, talking to you. I, I learned so much. So feel free to come back anytime. Thanks and cheers.
1: Yeah, thanks. It was my pleasure talking with you today. It was really fun.